there, I'm Danny. And I'm Rob. And this is the Art Story Podcast. Now, Rob, what are your thoughts about romanticism? Oh, oh, I love a good romance. La La Land, Moulin Rouge, High School Musical, all snuggled up on the couch with the cat and a pizza with extra cheese. Uh, that's not quite what I had in mind. And that's not exactly romantic in my book, but to each his own. No, the Romanticism I'm thinking of was an artistic and literary movement that came out of the late 18th century and basically dominated the first half of the 19th. What? So, no Romeo, Romeo, wherefore art thou Romeo? Well, Romeo and Juliet is certainly romantic, and the Romantic movement was all about feelings and imagination and self-expression. That pretty much covers all art then, doesn't it? Well, we're so used to the cliché of so-called artsy people with so-called artistic temperaments that we've forgotten that feelings and imagination and self-expression actually represented a big break from the neoclassicism of the Enlightenment period in the 18th century. Let's put what we know about neoclassicism up against romanticism and play Spot the Difference. One. Neoclassicism was logical and informed by science and observation. Ah, but Romanticism was all about individualism and emotion. Two, Neoclassicism drew on classical art and philosophy. But the Romantics tended to hark back to medieval times and folk traditions. Three, Neoclassicism emphasized harmony and balance. Yes, but Romanticism was all about change and radical ideas. 4. Neoclassicists celebrated the triumph of human beings over nature. Romanticism reveled in the savagery of nature. So did I win? Well, Romanticism certainly won. It took over from Neoclassicism as the main influence on artists afterwards. Right up to the present day, in fact. Boom. Before there was Romanticism, there was a German movement called Sturm und Drang. Oh, one of my favorite double acts. It means storm and stress, and the literature and music that came out of it was all about passion and anguish and emotion. Hmm, like most relationships then. (laughs) Exactly, with the romantic hero positioned as a lone and brooding genius, eternally torn between his best and worst qualities. Ah, I know all about that. I'm not sure about the genius bit, but anyway, do go on. (laughs) Sturm and Drang gave rise to Romanticism, which quickly spread throughout Europe and the United States, challenging the ideals of the Enlightenment. To tell us more about Romanticism, here's Kimberly Cooper, the very seasoned and extremely passionate senior writer at The Art Story. Hey, Kimberly. Hi, Danny. Hi, Rob. When we look at Impressionist or Cubist paintings, we can immediately see how the style of the paintings fit their label. But that doesn't really seem to be the case with Romanticism. You're right. Romanticism encompassed all genres, literature, music, art, and architecture. And it's hard to pinpoint one particular style, because one of the things about Romanticism was that artists put great value on originality, inspiration, and imagination. The French Revolution inspired artists to turn to scenes of rebellion and protest, and embrace the struggle for freedom and equality and justice. Well, overthrowing a monarchy and a feudal system, and launching a new era based on liberty, equality, and fraternity, 
must have had a profound impact on politics and society and religion and ideas all over Europe. Painter started making dramatic compositions of current events to shed light on injustice. They delved deep into the emotional moods and psychological states of both themselves and collective society. And they redefined themselves as brilliant creators who couldn't be tied down by academic rules and tastes. Romantic painters initially chronicled the military campaigns of Napoleon, emphasizing the intense emotion and suffering. And the Paris salons were scandalized by this move away from classical myths and biblical scenes to contemporary subjects. The leader of the Romantic movement was Delacroix, with his expressive use of color to depict emotions. He even used his art to support the uprising of the people of Paris. As one French poet described it, Romanticism is precisely situated neither in choice of subject nor in exact truth, but in a way of feeling. So what were some of the other things that romantic painters had strong feelings about? Well, in Spain, you had Goya, who depicted the nightmarish horrors of war. But on a more sublime note, nature was a big theme, especially how human beings relate to nature. In many countries, painters started painting out of doors. En plein air, as the French put it. Correct. By closely observing nature and the sky and the weather, they elevated landscape painting to a new level of respectability. Some artists emphasized the human experience of feeling at one with and a part of nature. Others portrayed nature's power and unpredictability. Awe mixed with terror. Ah, yes, so Romanticism produced one of my all-time favorite paintings, The Wanderer Above the Sea of Fog by Caspar David Friedrich. He said, close your bodily eye that you may see your picture first with the eye of the spirit. And there you have it, this lone figure in a frock coat with his back to the viewer, contemplating the vastness and desolation of nature. So landscape painting becomes this allegory for the loneliness of the human soul and our place in creation. All very angsty, isn't it? And in England, you have these amazing works by Turner. They called him the painter of light, and it's incredible when you see his paintings how modern they look. You wouldn't want to get caught in one of those Turner storms, would you now? Yeah, talk about storm and drang. <laughs> Did you know that Turner is said to have had himself tied to the mast of a ship for four hours during a nighttime snowstorm to experience the raw power that he wanted to put into the painting? <laughs> I think it's going a bit too far for your art, personally, but the world would be a lot poorer without Turner. And Constable, you Brits certainly caught the romanticism bug. Yeah, we're not quite as repressed as you think. Constable closely observed nature, but combined it with a deep sensitivity. He used dabs of local color and white to create shimmering light. Oh, I love Constable's clouds. Well, actually, I love clouds, period. Another theme that fascinated romantics was the Middle East. Painters projected all their desires and fears of the mysterious unknown into their pictures of Africa and Middle Eastern scenes. Napoleon Bonaparte's campaign to Egypt helped inspire an interest in its ancient cultures. So you begin to see Egyptian columns, obelisks, and Sphinx sculptures in paintings of the time. When we look at neoclassicism, we see how architects take on a lot of styles from ancient Roman Greece, which 
were being discovered by archaeologists, but it seems that in the 19th century, buildings also took on this oriental style, and then there's a more European Gothic revival harking back to the austere ornamentation of medieval buildings. That's right, and it wasn't all about grandeur either. Romanticism became closely bound to the emergence of nationalism that swept through many countries after the American Revolution. Drawing upon local folklore, traditions, and landscapes, Romanticists created pictures that boosted national identity and pride, a kind of call for spiritual renewal that could usher in an age of freedom and liberties that hadn't yet been seen. It's all very exciting. So why did it fade away? I don't think it has entirely. Artists are still often seen as independent and passionate visionaries who are in tune with the deeper nature of reality. But by the 1830s, with the discovery of photography and increasing industrialization and urbanization, art tended either more towards realism or took the notion of evoking feelings to the next stage, which can be seen through the birth of Impressionism. But if you look closely through the modern art canon, you will see strains of the brooding romantic alive and well. Think Jackson Pollock's tempestuous splatters, or Andy Goldsworthy's odes to the unpredictability of nature. Ooh, I'm feeling quite inspired. I'm off to stand at the shore of a turbulent sea to contemplate my place in the universe. See you. I'd take a towel if I were you, Rob. Thanks for joining us, Kimberly. Thank you. Remember, there are many more fascinating stories about the world's greatest artists and art movements and analysis of their best works at theartstory.org.